Okay, so we are starting a new series called Disciple. And we're going to be going along with some of what the All In series is talking about. So this week we're talking about prayer. If you were here this morning, they preached about prayer. Uh, and, and so we watched that video, which is funny, and it talks about different funny things that you can do with prayer. But it's, it comes from a true place because when you are asked to pray in a public setting, everyone is scared. Now, uh, if I were to say, want everyone to quiet down at some point, and I said, hey, who would like to pray? You guys would all be really quiet, and you put your eyes straight down. Adults do that, too. Like, they're laughing, but they do that, too, sometimes. Like, I do that, too. Like, it's, it's a very scary thing. Part of it is because it's personal. Part of it is because it's something that you're afraid that you won't sound as good as someone else. Uh, like in the video, they had like the, the black belt pastor guy who, who like just had all of these fancy words and, you know, replacing um with father and all those things. Uh, when you hear someone who has prayed a lot, it's like, well, I'm never going to sound like that, so I can't do it. But the important thing to know about prayer just at the very beginning is it's just talking to God. Uh, now, there are prayers that people will do. There are prayers that, that are at a certain time. Uh, like for a funeral or something, like a committal, where it's an important prayer that goes along with uh, a specific thing that you kind of say. But when you are just praying, uh, whether you're alone or around people, when you're just praying, you just pray. You just talk to God. And so we're going to start with uh, Jesus telling us how to pray. This is from Matthew chapter 6, uh, verses 5 through 13. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they will ever get. But when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray to your Father in private. Then your Father, who sees everything, will reward you. Now immediately, so many people are going to be like, well, see, I don't have to pray when people ask me to because we're supposed to pray in private, and anybody that prays publicly is wrong. That's not what he's saying at all. What he's saying is, like, if you're at school and it's lunchtime and you have the amazing tater tots and pizza or whatever you have at school that day for lunch, uh, and, and you're sitting there, and you're like, you know what, I'm going to pray before my meal. He's saying it's good to pray before your meal. Like, just say a quick prayer. Look down. Uh, you don't even have to shut your eyes, but you don't, you don't have to not shut your eyes. What he's saying here is don't stand up and tell everybody, hey, hey, everybody quiet down. I'm going to pray before my meal, and I want you to see this because I'm holy, and I go to church, and this is what you're supposed to do. That's what he's saying because people that do that, uh, they don't care so much about the prayer. They care about being seen. Now, there's nothing wrong with praying publicly. As you know, every week in church, we have uh, pastors who pray. Uh, Sean prays. Like, different people pray. I've prayed publicly. I pray publicly in here. Uh, that's, that's perfectly fine. It's, it's when you're doing it for the right reason, when you're doing it to talk to God, when you're doing it to help someone, when you're doing it to teach someone, when you're doing it to just share with someone. Uh, so, so this is not an excuse not to pray publicly. This is just saying, hey, when you pray, no matter where you are, no matter when you are, it's for Jesus and you. It's for talking to him. It's for giving yourself to him. It's not to show off. It's not to have fancy words. If you pray, uh, some of you that are in confirmation, like you learned some of the Methodist history today. So if you pray, you don't have to go. And thank you so much for Charles Wesley, who gave the the theology to us and then Asbury who did this and that and just go through all this you just have to say Jesus help us with these day one of the things that I've always taught with prayer um, is honestly sometimes when you do prayer requests first and at the end of groups you always do that uh, it can be kind of hard especially if you don't know someone that someone is talking about to remember all of the prayer requests so it's okay to say please be with all the prayer requests that is a prayer like if you say Jesus please be with all the prayer requests help us to have a good day Thank you. Amen. That's a prayer because you're talking to Jesus and you're talking from your heart. So it's perfectly good and okay and wonderful to pray publicly. And again, I get that it's scary. And so like in your group time, you're probably going to be asked to pray. And I understand that most of you still will be like, I can't do this. Uh, 
most my understanding and my ex, my experience is no one is sitting judging your prayer and if they are they've got other issues besides that like they are simply like cool they're praying and at the end, they're like, okay, amen. And then they walk off. And it's just like if you have to give a presentation in school or you have to, to read from a book and, like, you're going through Romeo and Juliet and the teacher's like, okay, we're going to read today and we're each going to read a paragraph. And you're like, like, Jenna's sitting there like, okay, this is, I'm on paragraph 17, so I need to count and make sure. And then somebody goes to the bathroom and it throws off your count. And you're like, oh, no, I got I, I memorized that part and I know all the words. Uh, and that's kind of how we feel with prayer. But it's, it's everybody understands that it's a personal thing, so everybody in a church where you're praying, all of your friends, uh, everybody in your group, they're not thinking, oh, I can't wait for someone to mess this prayer up, and I'm going to make fun of them, and I'm going to throw crosses at them and make them really feel bad about themselves. I'm going to cover them with a prayer cloth and say, hey, yeah, go back to training camp and things like that. Nobody's thinking that. They're thinking, hey, cool. I'm glad I didn't pray sometimes, but like, it's like, no, they're thinking, hey, cool. And then they go off about their day. It's just like if, if uh, one of the adults were to pray today at the end of this message, none of you are going to be like, okay, what did they say on the third word? You're just going to be like, okay, when they're done, I'm leaving. Like, it's like, that's what, what it's okay. So to continue to the next verse, when you pray, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them, for your father knows exactly what you need before you ask them. This tells us again how to pray. And in a minute, he's going to give an example. Um, the temptation, because especially if you grow up in a church, you hear people who really are good at praying. Like they, they are so close to the Lord. Maybe they're pastors, they're trained. Uh, and they just, they're able to speak because they study the scriptures so closely. They've prayed for so long. And so when they pray, they have all of these things that come out because of the relationship. When you're newer in the faith, when you're younger sometimes, sometimes when you're older and, and you just, you don't know what you're praying about necessarily, uh, there's the temptation to be like, okay, I've just got to say fancy words and I've just got to keep talking and talking and talking. No, it's like I said with the prayer request. Sometimes a simple prayer is enough. Most of the time a simple prayer is enough. Um, if somebody comes up to you, like one of your friends or, or a parent or something, Thing like that. And you're like, hey, will you pray for me? You don't have to get scared and be like, oh no, what am I going to say? Just be like, please heal them or please help them with this problem. It's just like if you were in that situation asking somebody for prayer, you don't need them to recite like Psalm 103. Now, there's nothing wrong with that if that's part of your prayer, but you don't need that. You just need to know that someone cares for you. Uh, what Jesus is saying here is he's talking about the Pharisees a lot because there's a parable that he told later, a story that he told later, where there's a Pharisee and a, hip, a tax collector praying. Now, tax collector were super hated, kind of like they are now, but they were super hated, and everybody thought they were evil. Everybody thought all of them stole. Everybody thought all of them were worthless. Everybody all thought all of them were the worst of the worst, and they would talk bad about them. They would make fun of them. They would say, oh, here comes the tax collector. Let's get out of here. Watch your wallets, like all that stuff, and, and, and so the Pharisee came in, and he comes into the synagogue, and he's praying, and he's like, oh, thank you so much, Father, for allowing me to be so perfect and, and to be so wonderful and to have these golden shoes. And I, it's so hard, Lord, to be such a wonderful example and to be so amazing and have everyone look to me. And he's just talking and talking and talking and saying how great he is. And the tax collector comes in, and he looks down, and he's like, man, I, I, I suck so much. I, I, I need help, Lord. I just, I really need you now. And Jesus is like, which one of these guys do you think gets it? 
And so that's the whole thing with prayer. Again, there are people who can pray, and it sounds like a, a Bible verse almost. It sounds like a passage, and that's okay. That's how they feel led to pray. But for us, for you, you don't have to pray like anyone else. You just have to pray to Jesus, and you just have to say whatever needs to, to be said. Sometimes when you pray, it will be a couple minutes long. Uh, sometimes when at night or in the morning, whenever you pray, and I encourage you to pray every day, uh, usually more than once a day if you can, if you try, if you remember, but uh, work to the point where you make it a habit, where you make it something you do. But sometimes your prayers are going to be like two, five minutes long because there's a lot going on. Sometimes it's just going to be like three or four words. That doesn't mean that you're not doing it. It's like when you have a best friend, when you have somebody that you talk to a lot. Uh, sometimes your texts are like seven pages long and, and you know you hit the full 240 characters on Twitter or whatever it is now. And it's like you get all of the characters in there. You get all of the words in there. You've got everything out and it, there's so much you have to say. You have to talk about the kid in the Viking helmet and the one wearing the martial costume and the one dressed like Star-Lord that's really old and like all of these different things. And, and you just have to tell your friend all about that and, and all of these crazy things. And you have to talk about the new YouTube celebrities or something and you just keep talking and talking and talking. But sometimes you're just like, hey, you have a good day? Yeah, cool. See ya. Like, that's how you talk to your best friend, because you talk all the time, because you care about them, because they know you, because you know them. And so sometimes you don't need to say a lot because it's all been said and you just know that you're there. You're listening. You're you're together. That's what it is with praying with Jesus. The more you talk to him, the more you pray to him, the closer you'll feel to him. The, the more you'll understand that he's in your life, the more you'll understand that he's there. And so you realize some days you will pray a lot. Some days you will pray like for a long, long, long time and you'll need to do it over and over and over again. Some days you'll be like, okay, God, thank you so much for today. Please help me tomorrow. And like you keep going and going and going because every time that you talk to him is better. Every time you talk to him, uh, you get closer to him. So then pray like this. Now, most of you guys have heard this and maybe memorized this in a different way. This is from the New Living Translation, which I like a lot, and I'm using it because it kind of explains what he's saying here a little better to me. So pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. So again, we know that from the King James mostly, like the d deliver us from evil and, and forgive us our trespasses. We forgive those who trespass against us. And we say that almost every Sunday. In traditional, I think they do say it every Sunday. And that's cool. It's an amazing prayer. A lot of football teams and marching bands who are both equally impressive uh, will sometimes before a competition pray the uh, Lord's Prayer together. Together. And it's because it's a prayer that everybody knows. It's a prayer that Jesus set down. It's a prayer that is comfortable and helps. And, and that's good and it's fine and it's wonderful. And that was part of the purpose where he gave you something to be able to say. But it also sets down the example for how to pray. And so when he's telling them, he's like, you don't have to pray this every time, but you pray like this, basically. You say, God, I'm talking to you. That's our Father in heaven. Uh, dear God, dear Lord, dear Jesus, Holy Spirit, uh, Father, Abba, Father, like however you want to do, you just talk to him. Um, and, you know, you're holy. You're amazing. You're powerful. You are my God. May you be kept holy. Uh, may your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth. That's basically like you're in charge, and I hope that everybody gets it soon. I hope that people will see you. I hope that people will feel you. Uh, you're talking about other people, about other salvations, about helping other people. Um, 
Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Uh, give us the food. Like, give me, help, help me get what I need. Help me to have the things that I need in life. Help me with the test that I'm studying for. Help me with the competition that's coming up. Help me deal with the, the, the problems that I have with the bullies, with the stresses, with the parents, with whatever it is. Help me to, to have food the next day. I talked last week about a time that I had not very much money at all. Help me to make it through these bills. Help me to make it through this next day. Help me to be better. All of these things is what he's saying here with give us the, the food that we need. He's talking about your needs, about what you want in life, about how you can do better. And then forgiving sins as we forgive those. Um, most of us, I think, hopefully all of us have at some point prayed for forgiveness of sins. Uh, and so like when you mess up, you pray to Jesus and he forgives you. But one of the harder things as a Christian is to forgive other people. It's to say to someone else or to say about someone else, I forgive them. And again, one of the reasons, and we'll talk about forgiveness at some point, but one of the reasons this is so hard is because society kind of makes it forgive and forget together. So it's like if Tim comes up and he kicks Stevie really hard and he's like, I've got to get over the net. I'm trying to practice to play volleyball with Nate. And, and, and I'm like, dude, you have your own dog. Why didn't you do that? Or use hope or something. And, and so, but he kicks Stevie really hard and then he doesn't apologize. Uh, and then like the next day he's like, hey, can I borrow Stevie for a while? Now, most societies be like, well, if you really forgive him, then you have to forget that he did that and just keep letting him do that. No, that's stupid. And Tim's a jerk for that. No, you don't do that. Not a jerk always, just for that. Tim would never actually kick Stevie. But <laughs> anyway, yeah, anyway. Uh, but it's like you don't actually forget that. If somebody keeps hurting you, you forgive them, yes, but you don't keep letting them hurt you. You don't keep putting yourself in a position where they hurt you, where they take something from you. Uh, if somebody always steals from you every time they come over, you don't let them keep coming over. But that's not the same as not forgiving them. Forgiving means you let it go from your heart and you say, okay, we may not be able to be friends anymore. We may not be able to hang out anymore, but I'm not going to talk bad about them. I'm not going to hate them. I'm not going to hold this over them. One of the things Jesus said to the disciples and to us is if you don't forgive people, you're not going to be forgiven. And that's why this is in the prayer. It's like you have to remember that when you're asking Jesus for forgiveness, you have to then be Jesus to other people and be willing to forgive them. Because everyone here has done something bad where at some point we've hurt Jesus or we've done something against the church or we've done something against our parents. We've done something to hurt someone else. And for us, we expect forgiveness because we understand we had a bad day or we understand that our team lost or we, if you're in Cincinnati, that happens all the time. We understand that something awful happened. We understand that things are, are going poorly. We understand that it's just a bad time for us. And so we want people to get that and be like, hey, you know, I get it. But then if somebody else does something, it's like, I don't care what your excuse is. It's kind of like when you're driving, like the person who's in front of you. I know not everybody here drives, but you get it. Like the person who's in front of you going real slow. You're like, this guy's an idiot. And then the person behind you who's going way fast to pass you, you're like, this guy's a moron. Because it's always we understand what we're doing, but we don't understand anyone else. And so Jesus in this prayer is basically saying, when you pray, admit that you're not perfect and admit that you need to do better. And you just talk to Jesus about it. Uh, and you say, help me to do better tomorrow. Help me not to give in to temptation. Help me with this thing that constantly tempts me. Help me with this situation I keep putting myself in. Help me to not do that. Help me to learn. Help me to have a better relationship with my parents. Help me to have a better relationship with my friends. Help me to like myself more. This is something that I pray a lot. Uh, as something that, that really bothers me a lot. It's like, help me to do better with this. Help me to be a better example. That's what he's saying with this prayer. That's what he's saying 
prayer is. And so when you pray alone, you can go as long as you want. You can say whatever you want and you can keep going. When you pray publicly, you can also say whatever you want. You may not want to get into super personal prayers for yourself at that point. If like Pastor Tim next week is like, hey, Sarah, come up here and pray. Uh, first, Sarah would walk out the door and run. But anyway, second, it's like come up here and pray. Uh, you don't have to stand up there and be like, uh, dear, dear Lord, thank you so much for the medicine, like blah, 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 like whatever personal thing that you've got. But you pray for what the Lord is doing in the service. You pray for what he's going to do with other people. You pray like this, like, thank you, Lord, for being in charge. Help help me to understand that you are. Um, the next scripture that I have is from Daniel. We talked last week or two weeks ago about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and this comes from Daniel too. Uh, everybody here has at some point at least heard the words Daniel in the lion's den. So basically what happens is Daniel was a God follower, and he prayed to God all the time. He loved him. He did everything he could to be like him, to t uh, be an example of him. Uh, and eventually it became kind of illegal to do that, and he was supposed to pray to the king. And he's like, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to keep praying. Now, he didn't go out into the center of the public square in front of the king statue and, and say, you're so evil for praying to this guy. You're an idiot. He went home, and he did what he did every day. He continued being a follower of God, and he continued praying. And then he gets thrown into the lion's den for that. But I want to read Daniel 6.10, because uh, this is the biggest part, and it's not the miracle part, but it's still the biggest part to me. But when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home and knelt down as usual in the upstairs room with its windows open toward Jerusalem. He prayed three times a day, just as he had always done, giving thanks to God. Nothing stopped him from praying. There were so many big things going on in his life, and he knew that he might die for simply praying. Uh, there are so many things going on in your life, so many pressures, so many stresses, so many things with school, so many things with home, so many things with friends, with relationships, with sports, with band, with competitions of, of uh, flags and other things like that. With a lot of things, with a lot of things, there's so much going on. There's so many things that, that bother you that it's easy to feel like everything's falling apart and there's no point in praying. But what Daniel did was he continued going to God, even though things sucked. He continued going to God, even though he didn't know what would happen to him. He continued going to God, even though everybody was against him. He continued going to God, even though he was in danger. Because no matter where you are, God is there. No matter what you're going through, God is there. If you're in a dangerous place, God is there. Keep praying as you go to your car, as you go to your parents, or whatever. Uh, if you're dealing with a test, with stresses, with temptations, God is there and he will help you. And just like Daniel, uh, he, he just kept going to God. He kept going to God over and over again because that's what prayer is. Prayer is something that we always have. And the, one of the difficult things with prayer is that we understand, we know in our hearts that God answers every prayer, but when we don't get what we want, it's like, well, does he really? But see, the thing is, he does, because sometimes the answer is yes, and that's our favorite thing, because if you're like, God, please help me to get this job, or God, please help this test to go well, or God, please help, help just this in my life, and it happens, you're like, oh, sweet, God really is listening. But sometimes you're like, God, please help me to get this brand new car uh, because I really need it. And I've been so good and I'm tithing. I'm doing all these wonderful things. And then somebody else gets the new car and you get this junky car or you don't get a car at all. And you're like, well, God doesn't care about me. No, he still cares because sometimes the answer is no for whatever reason. It's just like if you ask your mom, hey, can I have cookies for dinner every day this week? Your mom's going to say no. And you're going to be like, well, that's not fair. Mom doesn't care about you. But why is she saying no? She's saying no because she does care about you because you're going to lose your teeth when you're 17 and, and then you'll have false teeth like Tim and, and you'll just go through life not knowing what is happening and uh, 
And Rob asked me to pick on Tim this week. But it, it's, you, you're going to go through life like that. And so she knows. And so sometimes you're going to ask for things that you want. And God knows that they're not the best for you. And so he'll say no. Sometimes, and this is even harder than no, it'll be wait. You're like, God, I'm ready to have a boyfriend, to have a girlfriend, to have a job, to, to get to this point in my life. Please help me. And he's like, wait. And you're like, I don't want to wait. I want everything I want right now because that's what we want in life. Everybody wants that. But he will still be with you. And in that time, you can learn, you can grow, you can keep praying because praying is growing close to him. And then the last thing about prayer is 1 Timothy 2.1. I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them. Intercede on their behalf and give thanks to them. Pray for all people. Pray for the people that you don't like. Pray for the people that hate you. Pray for the people that are jerks. Pray for the people that are mean. This does not mean that you go and be their best friend. It doesn't mean that you have to like them even, but you love them and so you pray for them. Uh, there are a lot of things that you'll see in the news about uh, people who get accused of, uh, who get convicted of murder. Uh, especially like people who murder children, like awful, awful things. This does not mean that you're like, oh, you know, he just needs a second chance, like blah, blah, blah. It's okay to be punished. In fact, if you do something wrong, especially something like murder, you deserve the, the conviction that you get. Now, but we understand God can still forgive that person. Now, if you murder someone and then you get forgiven by God, you still have to pay the consequences because that's how life works. But you can still change your life from there and so when you see something like that someone who you just you know they're not a Christian and you know they're not living right you pray for them and, and you pray please help them to see what is right again you're not saying please help me to be their best friend please help them to get everything they want you're saying please help them to feel you Lord help them to understand the need to change help them to to understand that they need to live better and, and then that's where you leave it you don't go tell your friends that you did it you don't go tell them like hey you know I prayed for you I know you suck but I prayed for you because that's being a jerk. Uh, uh, you're like, you just pray for them. You pray for everyone. Pray for everybody that you can remember. Pray for people that you can't remember. Just keep praying. That's what is amazing about prayer. That is what is important about prayer. Um, every religion has some aspect of this where you talk to your gods, but all of the other religions require sacrifice or they require uh, just all of these different rules and things like that. With with Christianity, with Jesus, you just talk to him. You pray for forgiveness, and if you mean it, you're granted it. You pray for help, and he gives it to you. You pray for uh, education. You pray for learning. You pray for patience. You pray for anger control, all of these different things. Now, it's not like he's going to snap his fingers and be a genie and just give it you right there. Like, if you pray for help with your temper, uh, you will be suddenly tested with all of these situations where you're put in an annoying place and you're like, I don't know how to deal with this, but he's going to help you to learn. He's going to help you to grow. And when you're asked publicly to pray, uh, and I, I don't expect like after this message for everybody to suddenly be like, oh yeah, I'm definitely going to volunteer to pray. I understand that it's a big thing and I understand that it's a scary thing and I understand that it's a personal thing. And, and some of you, some of me, uh, you're just scared of talking in public and I get that. But just remember with prayer, whether it's public or private or whatever else, it's just talking to Jesus. It's talking to your best friend. It's asking for help. It's telling him that you can do better and that you trust him to help you. That is what prayer is. That is the cornerstone of our faith. That's where everything starts. Now, in this series, we're going to talk about what it means to be a disciple. We're going to talk about what it means to follow Christ. We're going to talk about what it looks like, how you do it. We're going to talk about things like sacrifice, about service, about witnessing, about just living for him, about giving of ourselves. But it all starts with prayer because the first step to being a Christian, the first step to living a better life, the first step to growth is praying to Jesus and asking for help. And that's something that every single person can do.
So just remember, when you're at home praying, it doesn't matter what you sound like to you. What matters is that you're talking to him. You're talking to Jesus. And everyone understands that and accepts that. And so when you hear other people pray, just remember, this is how they hear me. And so just whenever we have time where it's like, hey, somebody pray, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you can listen, you can do whatever, but the main thing is you talk to him too, even if you're not talking out loud. Um, there are people, like when we have altar calls or something, there are people who are amazing at going up there and, and putting their arms on somebody and just praying off the bat. Uh, for me, I'm more of a silent prayer with somebody that's at the altar. Like if somebody asks me for prayer and it's specific, I will pray with them. But if somebody's just at the altar, like I go up and I'll pray on them. And that's fine. It's still powerful because you're still talking to Jesus. And, and so however you do it, the most important thing is that you do, that you start there, that to become a disciple, the road to being a better person, the road to being a better Christian, the road to being a better example, example, the road to a better relationship with your parents, with your friends, with everybody, is you start with prayer, and you talk to Jesus, and you just share, and you talk, and, and you're like, but he already knows this stuff. Absolutely, he does, and, and, and so you could just say, well, I never have to pray. No, because prayer is for us, because when you say it to him, you are giving yourself to him, and you are speaking it out loud or in your mind and you're like oh wow I didn't even realize that this was bothering me I didn't even realize this was affecting me and so you're making it not this scary mysterious thing it's like okay Jesus already knows so I can tell him everything and so you tell him and it's almost like having counseling right there and so prayer is so important and so just as we go through this series each week is going to be something that can help you can help us but you start each week each day each minute with prayer and that's all I got